What's up, NBA fans? It is NBA final seasons. We're here. We got Warriors versus Raptors. This week on the podcast, we're going over exactly how did we get to this point and who are our picks moving forward to ultimately win the grand prize. We got all NBA teams that just got announced and I had to hydrate. I had to take down three water bottles before starting to record this podcast because we got a lot of Laker drama and full effect the last two weeks. Uh, we took last week off, so unfortunately we weren't able to get to the mic to discuss everything that happened with the Lakers, including Magic Johnson's appearance on first take. I mean, Sean, we got ourselves a quite a, a string of things here with the Lakers. I mean, what's a quick initial reaction that you had with everything that was going down? It's just, it's just, Alan, it's so annoying that they cannot stay out of the news. Like, this is the NBA Finals we're talking about right now. Raptors versus Warriors, real NBA action, real NBA team still in contention. And the Lakers are just dominating the headlines right now just by being the stupidest team in the league, (laughs) honestly. It's so dumb, but, you know, it's really interesting stuff, you know, because you don't really get to see this deep inside of an organization very often. So uh, I'm going to give the floor to you for this one. Uh, I, I saw you hydrating before we started this sh- this show right now. Man, I, I hope you don't have to pee midway through because it's going to be a long one. Yeah, so I'm not going to go on some Stephen A. style rant here, but I've had, some, uh, I have, I've had a difficult time organizing my thoughts and how we were going to go about discussing this. So I the, the simplest way I could think of is let's just throw a timeline out here on how we got to where we are today. And on that point of stupid, it is kind of dumb in that we're not. This really has nothing to do with basketball X's and O's wise, player wise. But I guess it at some point it does. It will impact that in the summer. Um, at least the naysayers hope and fans like myself, we hope it doesn't. But we'll see how it goes. But let's start off with the first event was Magic quitting abruptly. That press conference that went on. That bizarre search for the head coach and then ultimately the announcement that there would not be a search for a new head of basketball operations. Rather, Polenka will answer directly to management. Frank Vogel, the tweets come out that he's officially hired but still no official word from the Lakers. Then we arrive to last week where an official statement, an official press conference will finally be be made by Lakers management, which we have had not heard anything from them even before the the magic quitting thing. Like there had been no official word from them, just stuff from Ramona and all these other Laker beat writers. Um, So we do that. And that morning, guess what? Magic Johnson decides to appear on ESPN (laughs) first take. He doesn't decide to do a written interview with anybody. Instead, he decides to go on live TV on first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max (laughs) Kellerman. Like the most dramatic show you could possibly go on. Like the most just ridiculous people you could talk to. And, Honestly, like, props to Stephen A, man. Like, I've never really believed in his quote-unquote sources, but he's got them. Like, they're real. (laughs) Yeah, he does. And that's the crazy thing here about Magic Johnson coming on first take is, to that first point, you said, yeah, he could have decided any other show out there (laughs) that has, that doesn't quite, isn't quite known for the drama, the, the hyperboles, the way first take is, but he decided to go that route. Um, either because his great relationship with Stephen A. Smith or, I mean, maybe it was just strategic. Who knows? But anyways, he was there. And the second point, Sean, is you're right. A lot of the stuff that Stephen A. Smith had been talking about, Magic confirmed 
on live TV here on his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some big points. Let's go back. The first bullet point here that I listed is the back and forth decision to fire Luke Walton. He made it abruptly clear that there is total dysfunction here with the Lakers in terms from the simplest things to decision making to firing somebody like Luke Walton, who it seems like was not fit for a team that need that wanted to win and had a player like LeBron James. And he calls out people by name, including Tim Harris, who is responsible for ba- for the basketball business side for the Lakers, a character that's rarely named because he has no ties to the basketball side of things. <laughs> uh, but he name drops him as somebody who to stop try to stop him from firing Luke Walton. He also throws in Jeannie Buzz. He throws she he throws in Rob Palenka. Uh, but I think the thing that caught the most attention here is just Rob when Stephen A. Smith uh, directly Rob. questions when you're talking about backstabbing. Who are you talking about? And he just says just Rob. And he also says this little snippet where he says that when he got this job, agents called him, said, you got to watch out for this guy, this guy referring to Rob Palenka. And another bullet point here is Jeannie got has to got to empower someone. Basically, she's got to go out there and stop start empowering somebody and got to stop being, quote unquote, emotionally attached. And uh, and he also goes on to say that Linda Rambis, Phil Jackson, Kurt Rambis are basically her voices, and he feels it's getting harder and harder to run a team like a family business. I mean, to me, before we start going to the other stuff, this all just seems so bizarre to me And that he, through this whole discussion, he talks about how much he loves the Laker. He's a Laker for life. But he throws so many people <laughs> under the bus here, like no no vagueness to it, um, no passive aggressiveness, just name-dropping here. Yeah, it's it's brutal, man. Like all these points he made, it's just like, wow, it's a reaffirming like it's every single fear like Lakers fans had about the organization being in dysfunction. And I mean, it's one man's word, you know, and I mean, it's a very important man's word. But at the same time, like come forth and just like basically throw everyone under the bus like this. It's like, man, like you must really have not gotten along with them all to want to just be like, yeah, all these people are just messing up every which way. And I mean, you have to like kind of agree with magic on a lot of this stuff, especially with some of the stuff that's come out recently um, with the whole wanting to fire Luke Walton, but he wasn't able to like that obviously was the right decision after all these weird um, sexual assault allegations that is happening right now. And I don't even know if that even played a part um, in the firing probably didn't, but like, there's that intuition there, you know, it's like, Walt Luke Walton's not our guy. And Tim mm-hmm. Harris being able to say he wanted to keep him and Jeannie siding with him. Magic was just like, yeah, like I thought I had power in this organization, but I guess not. You know, there's yeah. just too many voices all trying to be like the head honcho. It's all, it just seems like a big greed pot, you know, it's just like everyone's just in it for themselves. Doesn't really care about the organization, just cares about making themselves more powerful. Yeah, and this is where I'm kind of confused on who Magic Johnson is. Like, I want to take him as this sports legend and someone who who's on. And he can he makes himself clear that he he's an honest guy. He's always honest, and the way he verbalizes everything, it makes you think like he's very persuasive. Right now, <laughs> yeah, this guy is like spilling his guts out here on live TV. <laughs> so it, it seems real, but. At the same time, it's like this scorched earth approach that he's going about doing it while also at the same time saying, hey, man, like I love the Lakers. I'm a Laker for life, but it's total dysfunction. These people, precisely these people here 
are the reason why and this and this is also why uh they're doing a bad job at it and it, it's crazy and um and here's the other part of it that i liked is mm-hmm. he goes on to basically really just affirm that Dell Demps just totally wanted to screw over the Lakers not <laughs> operating in good faith. And again, it goes again to affirm a lot of the stuff that was coming out during that time that we were like, what the hell's going on? Like, is Dell Demps linking this stuff? Are the Lakers truly going all out? And it seems like they are. He confirmed that he offered all the younger pieces, which is at the same time contradicts Jeannie, what Jeannie Buss had said a couple months ago in which she stated that it was fake news that the Lakers had offered all these pieces for Anthony Davis and that the younger players were personally affected by the trade discussion. And Magic Johnson talks, he says it. He says that he met with the young guys and told them it's not personal and then met with them again to try to get their spirits up after they he felt they did take it personal um, and had bad performances. Again, this is all stuff that usually doesn't come out for or, for organizations, let alone public organizations like the Lakers or maybe if, and if it does, it's like, you know, 20 years, 10 years from now. And so yeah, not right when it's book. happening. Yeah. Right. And, and this is a, this is a part that everybody's calling magic out on here is like, um, he, he tells Stephen a, like I make more money with his business sides rather than more than he does as a Laker president. Um, and he goes on to explain that he's told Jeannie bus that he's going to be in and out and asked her directly, are you okay with that? And she said, yes. But there's this clip <laughs> that's coming out, which isn't not that it's coming out, but it's being reshared of an mm. interview with him on sports on Spectrum Sportsnet where he says, he, he's sitting next to Jeannie Buss when he says this. He says, I told Jeannie I'm going to push my businesses to the side <laughs> and give 150% Yikes. to the Lakers. Whoa. So here again, I'm like, who is Magic Johnson here? Is this an honest guy or is this just a dude who's protecting his own butt here on this media tour circus that he's on right now? Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like he is protecting himself. And it's like, yeah, he can't admit fault when he's trying to, like, commit fault to all these other people, you know, or else no one would believe him. So he's got to have to lie. But, man, you can't lie in this day and age with all the media and stuff. People are going to dig up everything about you. It's just like... You can't get away with this stuff like you used to, and all these old people can't figure that out. Right. And it's just, it's so sad, because to me, it just seems like he was part of the problem. Him leaving mm-hmm. is does not, definitely doesn't fix the problem, because everyone else is still there. It's just like, they just need com- a complete overhaul of anyone associated with the front office at this point. It's just... There's just no winners here. Like the entire the entire organization is a dumpster fire. Right. The entire organization looks like a dumpster fire here and Magic Johnson, I mean you can't do anything about him now. He's not part of the Lakers, at least not officially, not in a tangible way, but he's still going around and he'll unofficially be part of the Lakers for life just because of his his affiliation in basketball part, but mm-hmm. Somehow you got to try to control him, but I don't see that happening. And Rob Palenka, some going down. Genie Bus seems to be going down. But I want to pose this question here, and this is ultimately what I came down to in my opinion about Magic at this point is like, is Magic just a complete idiot that doesn't <laughs> realize what he's doing? And he's just some guy who loves attention, loves L.A. so much that he needs to go out there and just be in the spotlight. Or is he a victim? Is he truly a victim of Jeannie Buzz, of Rob Palenka's backstabbing, 
of the system, the dumpster fire that is the Lakers, and he's going around just trying to uh, get his word out and defend himself, or is he a master manipulator that has something <laughs> hidden up his sleeve, and he's out here. My theory is he's out here trying to take the entire Laker organization down, either Dang. one, for more power, or two, maybe to buy the Lakers himself. <laughs> that is my cons- oh, uh, a like super it. out there conspiracy theory. But those are the three things that I came to, and I'm going towards master manipulator. I think Magic Johnson is out here trying to get the late, trying to get this entire front office fire genie bus taken mm-hmm. out. And he comes in with his team and they buy a percentage of the Los Angeles Lakers. And he's sitting on what he quote unquote told Stephen A. Smith is a gold mine. He also <laughs> said if the Lakers were up for sale, I'd run to buy them. If she decides to sell, I'll be knocking at her door. Wow. What do you think of what do you think about all this, Sean? What are you is he an idiot? Is he a victim? Or is he a master manipulator here? <sighs> master manipulator might be going a little too far. I think he's a manipulator, but the odds I, I like your buying the Lakers theory. <laughs> like, first of all, I think that that is actually like his end game here is yeah. to, to be the owner of the Lakers because this bus family just, I mean, it hasn't gotten it done since Jerry bus. Right. So yeah, I think, I think he thinks they're all idiots and he thinks he can manipulate all of them. And maybe that's true to an extent, but magic Johnson is not without his flaws as well as we've already pointed out. He already has contradicted himself in multiple interviews. Right. Um, he tries to come off as this, like, you know, just like almost not senile, but just like happy old man. <laughs> vibe you know like in all of his interviews he has this like soothing you know happy-go-lucky tone where like you know he's just like at peace with the world and it, it does it just doesn't make sense to me when this is like a businessman you know like this right that is not a businessman mentality but like this is a businessman mentality he's wanting to buy the lakers um right. always going for more power and that makes a lot of sense to me is he smart enough to pull it off Probably not, and honestly, hopefully not, because if that if this is the type of person that he is, if he's a manipulative person trying to undermine them from the ground up, that's not someone you want behind the Lakers either. Right, and I mean, you got to look at who he's up against, right? Like, Steve Ballmer just bought the Clippers. God know, knows how much the, Cl- Ballmer, the Lakers man. will go for. Magic Johnson is no Steve Ballmer. and no. We- we got a bunch of Steve Ballmers across this country who also would love to buy the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And that's who he's up against. And I don't give my odds towards Magic Johnson to be able to get this get yeah. this done. But ultimately, that is my theory. That's a they, good one, man. I like it. Somebody's they gotta have an end game, man. You can't just go around blasting things like this without an end game. Unless yeah, so quickly too, like just not even waiting, just like a week after he quits. Like, yep, I'm going to go on first take and just like make sure everyone around that organization gets faulted. Right, exactly. And I mean, the story, this Baxter Holmes story about the toxic work culture, uh, uh, employees um, being quoted as having panic attacks, uh, being intimidated to go to HR to talk about all this stuff. And then Magic Johnson's on ESPN right away defending himself <laughs> and in just complete detail about stuff. Um, right. And then you got the attacks on Rob Palenka with the Dark Knight story. This it, whole Rob thing Palenka, about he is definitely an idiot. 
Like he's straight up Donald Trumping right now. Like this is this is like the most blatant lying I've ever seen for no reason at all. Just for yeah. fun. Yeah, this is there is some back and forth power games here happening and in my theory it, it's happening at the highest level, but at the same time it also seems to be happening at the most juvenile level with all these stories coming out that seem to have very little context. Um I don't know. I just I don't know no what to think about this at all. Yeah. Like and, what like how do you even come up with Kobe and Heath Ledger? You know, like it doesn't it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, I mean, I don't I can't even explain it. It's like where like what prompted you to make up this story about Kobe and Heath Ledger meeting after Kobe watched the movie? It's like, do you like who who in this first world country does not know that Heath Ledger died before Batman Dark Knight came out? (laughs) I mean, I guess if you're a child and you were born after the year Dark Knight Yeah, Rob Palenka was freaking like, I don't know, 40 probably? I don't even know how old this guy is. Yeah. I mean, I guess what do you think this says about Rob Palenka? Is this just like a anomaly or do we take this as like a character? It, it, no, it just shows that he's a moron. <laughs> like he's a complete moron that has the, the reins to one of the most powerful organizations in the sports industry. And it just shows how bad the Lakers' culture is, and how no one's want to go. No one wants to go there in free agency. Yeah, I got really curious after hearing this story, and I listened to uh, Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose is on that. Of course, he's an old teammate of Rob Palenka. See what he thought about this, and I mean, he just. I mean, he doesn't speak about his character, but he also <laughs> just basically says the same thing. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is a lie, and it seems like it's a lie. Um, but I mean, he backs him up saying he's a good person, but still like, no, that's, that's not that that was put in there just so he doesn't get any controversy in the news. Right. But it's, it seems like there are a lot of bad opinions about Rob Palenka right now. And we're just bringing in Jason Kidd on top of that. So we just got all these bad characters. Frank Vogel's a great character, but you just keep getting all these people on this Laker organization. Like what the hell is going on right here? Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah the whole Jason kid thing where it's like, there's this like undermining plot to like replace Frank Vogel with Jason kid in two years for God knows why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's another guy with, you know, with personal baggage under him outside yeah. of the basketball world, but yep. still nonetheless, very, very very character defining <laughs> uh, when you get arrested and you undermine and you power grab to become head coach. Um, anyways, but like, it's so, so funny that this all has been adding up and at poor Adam Silver, you know, he's on ESPN <laughs> today. Instead of being asked about the NBA finals, he gets asked yeah. about the Lakers situation Lakers. and he gives the total PR um, answer is like, he has tremendous confidence. Genie bus or a great organization. They just have a lot of eyes on them, which is all true. Um, but I mean, I would love to. I would love to see somebody like Adam Silver just be, what a, a completely frank as frank as like Magic Johnson seems to be when yeah. he ever gets on the mic. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I guess an interesting thing that came out of that was just he admits that he was approached by Rich Paul at a restaurant, um, where Rich Paul expressed to him that he doesn't think Luke Walton was the right coach for the Lakers. And of course, a couple of days before this, Rich Paul came out and said that he never asked. Adam Silver that kind of like a little small little white lie um but I mean it's just another piece to this complete 
dumpster that's just burning right now. And it seems like the smell is reaching free agency. It's definitely reaching the fans in the NBA world. But if you're Anthony Davis and you're catching a sniff of this dumpster fire, what do you think, Sean? You still want to go to this team? Yeah, this is the question that after all of that, this is this is the most important thing I think that would come out of all of this is like, if I'm Anthony Davis, I wanted to go to the Lakers during the season, but after seeing all of this, is it even worth it? Especially now, the Pelicans have the number one pick, Zion Williamson, for sure, and the like you have to think like the Pelicans like they just hired David Griffin as their VP of basketball operations that's amazing hire right that's a hire the Lakers should have made ages ago but now you're looking at this front office being much improved um I think they just got um one of the really good assistants from the Nets uh, I forget his name I think it's Langdon um as for like a one of their front office positions there too the Pelicans look much more set up to be a contender than the Lakers do just as far as being able to compete, honestly, like this Lakers team, like with all this drama in the background, like there's no way they're going to be able to stay focused on basketball. Like if your front office is in this much disarray, I've never seen a front office in this much disarray and the front office taking as much news time from the actual players as this one has been like, it's never been this bad before for so long taking right. over the media circuit for so long. You don't, I don't even know what Lonzo Ball's doing. Is he even healthy anymore? That's what I want to know. Like, is he practicing? Like, that's what I should be caring about. But no, we're just talking about how Rob Polinka is a complete buffoon. And, <laughs> like, there's just nothing going on right there. So if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm staying in New Orleans because you have an all-star Drew Holiday there. You have Zion Williamson, who could be the future LeBron James there. A much better supporting cast, in my opinion, than what the Lakers have to offer, plus a functional front office. I mean, that, yeah. that this is an easy one for me. Yeah, I would like to think that he's got his mind made up, but I mean, we just, we Woj tweeted out earlier today that David Griffin was meeting with Anthony Davis in L.A. Um, to discuss what we think is probably going to be most likely discuss his future with the Pelicans. But yeah, you're right. You outlined a really good stuff there and you're right on that point. Like <laughs> it's like, I mean, Brandon Ingram had a crazy surgery for blood clot just like yeah. two months ago. Like, yeah. Is he, is that man? Okay. Is he practicing? Is he Who cares? Let's we'll talk about Rob Polinka talking about Heath Ledger being alive. Yeah. But I mean, obviously I'm going to take the more biased approach here and, and I hope that Anthony Davis Still, I'm not sure if he wants to go to the Lakers, but I think he's. I hope he still wants to leave the Pelicans, and that means to me, in my eyes, that the Lakers were still right there to offer the best package deal um, for this man. And we got David Griffin in there, so I think he's going to make deals more faithfully than than freaking I don't know what to call him backhanded. A backstabber, uh, <laughs> idiot, Del Dems, who lost his job out of his stubbornness. So there's that. Karma does come back. Uh, he probably will never get hired again, at least maybe not for another decade. But I hope David Griffin, if he can't convince Dave, Anthony Davis, does operate in good faith and takes the best deal, which ultimately I think is still the Lakers. At this I, point. I feel like the Celtics still have a very good one too, even I though think- they did not get a very high pick in the draft this year. It's like... Jason Tatum, man, he's a more safe bet than any of those Laker guys are right now. True, but I just don't believe that Danny Ainge is making any big deals because Kyrie Irving is leaving that Boston Celtics team 
And, the, and the Celtics are going down. But that's 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 for another day. That's for another day. Um, let's talk about this though. Like Daryl Morey looks like he's moving off of the Rockets. Yeah, this yeah, they're talking about desperate times, man. This this report coming out today was just what? The Rockets, man, they have thrown in the towel. This is basically that sums up this news story. Uh, Morey's reached uh, his wit's end of trying to beat the Warriors. If it wasn't going to happen this year, he's decided it's definitely never going to happen with the team they have constructed now. <laughs> Reportedly willing to trade anyone on their team to anybody in hopes to rebuild a contender. Um, everyone, including Harden, was not even mentioned as a, we are definitely not trading Harden. <laughs> everyone can be had for a right price, although I don't see a price being... Uh, high enough to get a guy like James Harden that any team can really offer unless the Lakers are offering LeBron James. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's only five players, maybe maybe even less than that, that you would offer for James Harden that would make it somewhat of an equal deal. It's yeah. Steph Curry, Durant, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Yeah. Probably the, that's no, it. You wouldn't want anyone else. And yeah. that's not none of those are going to happen. So Harden's going to stay. But... They're just throwing him out there, you know, like, hey, if you want to give us LeBron, we'll probably take him. But, yeah, but yeah, mean, more more likely, it's all about Chris Paul and Clint Capella's contracts. Yeah, let's I mean, if you break this roster down, there is so little room to make any <laughs> any improvements yeah. without it involving blowing up everybody because you can't you're not going to be able to turn Chris Paul into three good good pieces unless that includes Clint Capella or or some or a bunch of draft picks like and PJ Tucker's not going to get you anybody any better no. straight up. Clink Capella maybe, but it's going to involve multiple pieces being moved out and multiple deals happening to completely reinvent this team and what a surprise from Daryl Morey and at the same time I'm not surprised cuz if you want to get to that next step and you want to take a risk this is this is what you got to do but <laughs> I don't know what deals can come out of 34-year-old Chris Paul. <laughs> three-year, $124 million contract. Any ideas yeah. here, Sean? Uh, not really. I, I'm uh, First of all, I'm just really excited because this just adds to the free agency madness. Whereas before, yeah. the Rockets weren't going to be a player. Now they're really going to try to mix things up. And that that's always really exciting for us as fans. So <laughs> what? Maury's a creative guy. So I, I think he could swing some deals. Now... Capella could definitely draw some interest from teams. I mean, he's making 18 million a year, which isn't bad mm-hmm. uh, for an up and coming center. Um, obviously, he'll probably get sent to a team that isn't a contender because we saw how he faded in that Warriors playoff series. He's he's gets phased out in games in series like that when the competition gets going, uh, yeah, the offenses that, get running. Yeah, and that's the most unfortunate thing about Clint Capella's situation is. Yeah, last year he ended and he looked like this great up and coming star, but now he just looks to me now out of that playoff series like just a slightly better Narlins Noel to me. Oh wow. <laughs> that is brutal. I'm slightly him with, better Nerlens Noel. I'm hitting him in the gut right now because <laughs> that's what he looks like out there against the Warriors. Oh my gosh. And I mean I guess it's unfair to judge him that the Warriors are an, an anomaly, but nonetheless, like if you're trying to win, like this is what he looks like in the situations where you want, where you need to win to make that next step. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's hard, man. I mean, he definitely in that Warriors series played like a slightly better New Orleans Noel. 
Or are you yeah. still a Clint Capella believer, Sean? I, I mean, he's going to at least contribute to a team that can afford him, mm-hmm. that just doesn't have a center. I mean, maybe Orlando, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like a team like that, like probably is going to lose Vucevic and is going to need someone to fill the center spot. Maybe like Charlotte. And, and speaking of Charlotte, like maybe they could swing something for Chris Paul and bring him back to the Hornets. Oh, they they're probably going to lose Kemba Walker. So they really don't have much to lose by uh, trying to get Chris Paul back in return. The question is, do the Rockets want? I mean, they definitely have like, the contracts to. Yeah, add it's like, to. do they want Nicholas Batum, uh, yeah. Marvin Williams? Bismarck Biombo, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, <laughs> like take your pick of all these bloated contracts, man. You can make it work any which way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if Daryl Morey had a lazy day, there's no place <laughs> that'll make the math work out easier than a deal with Charlotte. <laughs> it'd be so easy. Yeah, but Just man, two contracts. yeah, there's yeah, right. yeah, Batum and Marvin Williams done, easy, <laughs> man. Should have thought of that one, but yeah, yeah I mean maybe like yeah charlotte be desperate phoenix since they did not get the second pick and they would have wanted john morant with that one they're not looking like they're gonna get a point guard for the future yet so maybe you just try to get chris paul to try to try to improve drastically from what you are right now and pairing him with devin booker would be pretty deadly but i mean who do you really give in return i mean you might have to give your pick you might have to give some of your promising young prospects like TJ Warren, Josh Jackson. Yeah. I Um, almost like, I almost wonder like if Chris Paul is even good enough to get an unprotected pick traded for him. That's true. Yeah. I wonder like if the Suns do that, it's like a top 10 protected pick. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's Chris Paul did definitely did show signs of slowing down this year too. Yeah. To your point. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, and I'm really curious to see what kind of value Chris Paul generates. But I'm gonna say I don't think he's a top. He, I don't think the Rockets can get a top ten uh, potential pick off of yeah, Chris Paul. Yeah, that's just so hard. Three years, 124 million left on that contract, and you pay him more each each year. He's gonna be making like over 40 million by the time he gets to his 37. Yeah, I mean, I still to this day, I mean, when Chris Paul signed that contract, I said he is the biggest winner he of won. that free agency. <laughs> and I don't think there's been a bigger winner since then. Like, no he's way. a bulldog for getting that. This year, this year might change that. There's going to be some hefty contracts out there, but it, they'll have to be pretty hefty to beat this this one. This was absurd. And he signed that at 31, 32? Was it no, 32? Yeah, 32, yeah. <sighs> Wow, a six-three point guard signing that much money <laughs> at thirty-two. Insane. Yeah, with that many years already played in the NBA. Exactly, and the injuries were not a a secret or mystery. No, <laughs> but like, let's okay, we let's go. I okay. mean, let's move on from here because yeah, we could this, be talking about this man, guy forever. This I is feel. gonna be fun to look at in like a month and see what could possibly go down. But as it stands, they're gonna have a tough time doing anything with the the contracts they have on right now. Right, so let's go to the all-NBA teams being announced here. First team, you got Curry, Harden, Giannis, Jokic, Paul George. Second team, Damian Leonard, Durant, Embiid, Kawhi, and Kyrie. Third team, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron, Kemba Walker, and Rudy Gobert. I I like it. 
I do too. I, I like it. I don't have a problem with any of these. Um, there, I did hear some chatter about whether Kimball Walker deserved to be on the third team or not. Who would you replace him with then at the guard? Maybe Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. That's who the that's who it was. I mean, Clay Thompson didn't like not being on the on any of these All NBA teams. And, Kemba um, Walker had a great year, though. He did have a good, and he was like, this is the thing about awards and like All NBA selection is like consistency matters here. I mean, it's not the whole thing, but it does mean a part of it. This is why LeBron's on third team, why Kawhi's on second team here. Because right, Kawhi, yeah, he missed some games. LeBron missed a bunch of games. Paul George didn't miss rarely any games. Giannis, Joe Kick, all these guys were always there on the floor. Kemba Walker was consistently great. And Klay Thompson had some moments where he just wasn't all NBA, I would say. Yeah, no, he went through some some slumps this year. And it's all about, it's not about who is the best player, like, overall. It's, like, who had the best year. And Kemba right. Walker had a great year. He, he showed that he deserves this super max money that he's about to get. Right. Yeah, and also the thing that kind of works against Klay Thompson a bit here is that it is position-based. I mean, you could probably maybe it isn't Clay Thompson versus uh, Kimba Walker. Maybe it should be Clay Thompson versus Blake Griffin. And and you can make the argument there too. Honestly. Yeah, but like, but Blake Griffin met so much that Pistons team, man. <laughs> he he dragged them into the playoffs, only to get destroyed. Even when he played in those last two games, injured against the Bucks, like that team was not a playoff team. Right? No, it wasn't. And yeah, I mean, and to the. To the point there is like Blake Griffin's a forward, so he gets that spot, and that's not up for debate between him and Clay Thompson. But I'm saying like it kind of sucks that way. And but I mean I don't <laughs> see it would also suck to just be like oh what are the five best players and you just have a bunch of small forwards and guards on there. You got to give some love to the big men as well. Oh uh, yeah, I, totally. I mean Rudy Gobert making this list was huge. Right, exactly. I was gonna bring up his name here in that he didn't get no All Star selection, but he did make All NBA, which seems kind of kind of weird. That's super because, ironic, right? It seems kind of funky here, but hey, I mean, I I I like seeing his name on there rather than Carl Anthony Towns, who I think probably feels he he probably had a chance to be in there. Or, he didn't uh, really do anything until the last half of the year. Andre right. Drummond, eh. You can't put two Pistons on these teams. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> right, exactly. And Rudy Gobert, I mean, top three defender in this league. Great year. He played almost every... I think he played every single game this year. I wouldn't be surprised. If he missed any, any games, it wasn't very many. Yeah, but I, I actually am completely happy with this list. I've looked it over a couple times, and I don't see anything other than the Clay Thompson thing, but I'm not sure I'd take out anybody to put him in. If I yeah. could, I'd probably take out Clay Griffin, but... It's position based, man. Right. I mean, yeah. Do you do you give any love to CJ McCollum? Maybe. Yeah, and this is the thing that you know you talk about biases and recency bias comes to mind here for me is hmm. I want to say yes, but <laughs> he put together some scorching playoff performances. But again, we're talking all eighty-two games. I know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You got at some point you got to draw the line, and I think the line was drawn well here. Yeah, he had to be close in points though, for sure. Right, I think it's close. Uh, but I mean, I guess that means really 
anything, but hey, I mean, you could easily just come up with fourth all be L NBA next Four, year. Yeah. <laughs> no, only through three. <laughs> it's such arbitrary at the same time, oh, it's, though. It's, it's arbitrary, but I mean, at the same time, it's like all these guys are very justified in their positions. Right, exactly. Let's talk about some playoff basketball, though. Let's, Toronto let's versus finally Warriors. do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about exactly how did we get here? How did we get from Toronto, Kawhi Leonard fadeaway, four bounces on the rim, to then winning four games in a row against the (laughs) Milwaukee Bucks? Conspiracy? Maybe it's too perfect not to be a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I still think it's fun to just bring that up. But Toronto, first NBA Finals in franchise history. They trade their guy, DeMar DeRozan. They bring in the... Kawhi Leonard from San Antonio, the Southern California native, and he brings the North to the NBA Finals. They do it after losing against the Orlando Magic in that first game and then just obliterating them the next four, <laughs> going in that epic seven-game series against the Sixers to re- reaching the conference finals here against the fe- the heavily favored Milwaukee Bucks, then winning four games in a row against a team that had only lost up to two games in a row the whole regular season. What what do you got to say about their journey, Sean? Yeah, yeah, a a four-game winning streak that many people are dubbing the uh, Canadian sweep because they're so (laughs) polite to give the Bucks two wins before they proceeded to just completely run over them. Yeah. Um. But wow, this was crazy. I really thought it was the Bucks' time to shine, but Kawhi Leonard is just an absurd talent, and we should all be ashamed for underestimating him. Mm-hmm. Um, his ability to take over a game, to make big shots, to make his free throws. Um, <laughs> he did He did everything for this team. He guarded Giannis so well. Um, he was the go-to guy on offense, obviously. And he has facilitated a lot more than he usually does. I mean, this is a man who I don't, I don't think he's ever had a triple-double. <laughs> he's never gotten 10 assists. And he averaged pretty close to like seven assists in this series, which is a lot for him. He doesn't usually play the facilitator, but he did it very well for this series. And the Raptors as a whole just came together, man. The bench mob came back to life. (laughs) The bench mob from last year's team that was so highly sought after. um, They, they came this year with a little bit of a different squad with Norman Powell. Uh, Fred Fran Fleet was there again, obviously, and Sergi Baca coming off the bench now, um, whereas he wasn't last year, just uh, really bringing that spark for them um, on both sides of the floor. They they've just figured out the Bucks after that that two game um, deficit that they were in, and they were able to just come back out of nowhere. It was crazy. Yeah, they really. What I'm most impressed is just how they defended Giannis. They really exposed. His weakness is basically what we've all known is that mid-range shot, but more than anything is he's a good passer, but he's not an elite <laughs> passer. He's not LeBron. He's not yeah. uh, this guy who can take the double team, take this pressure, and just find the open guy. And, I mean, Eric Bledsoe's shooting woes also didn't help that at all. Uh, Giannis was just pressured into passing the ball. If it's not Chris Middleton, it's Eric Bledsoe who was just not coming through for the – for this team. I mean, this is a guy who only scored once to a season average of 15 points this year. Mm. He scored one with one 20 point performance and he shot 29% from the field and 17% from three. And you compare it to the other side to what the Raptors had, what Kawhi had. And he had a Freddie Van Fleet who, after having his <laughs> child, <laughs> the birth of his child, 
This Dang. man went 14 for 17 from three, 82% <sighs> from games four through six. Holy crap. That just being a huge difference maker in what was already a close series to help them win four straight, including that that big game, game five on the road for them. I mean, Freddie yeah. Van Fleet here just completely switched the pendulum in terms of individual legacies between Kawhi versus Giannis. Man, and I mean, Freddie Van Fleet. Yeah, and if you look at it individually here, you mentioned the free throws. Kawhi Leonard shot 54 for 61 all series on free throws, Not 88%. Bad. <laughs> Giannis, 35 for 60, 58%. I mean, we're That's talking like LeBron a, level. <laughs> exactly. We're talking 20 points left on the board here. And how close some of these games were, those could have been slight, slight difference makers for the Bucks who – are going home now and watching as the Toronto Raptors yeah. with Marcus Saul make it to the NBA Marcus Finals. Marcus Saul, what a story for this man, dude. That yeah. that's so great for him to go to the team and Jeremy Lin's on the team too. Right. And the best part, Patrick McCaw's secret weapon <laughs> against the Golden State Warriors is going to come out and probably do nothing to help them beat the Warriors. <laughs> Didn't we? Oh, I feel like we. This was one of our talking points. Oh, when he got traded to Cleveland, we were like, oh, no, something happened. And we were like, oh, Patrick, the only reason Patrick McCall yeah, is going that, there is to be the secret weapon. Right, yeah, <laughs> for Toronto, right. <laughs> what do you know? This might he actually did work out. He made it there. Yeah. He's going to expose them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I, I mean, I just – the point of Marcus Saul, like, he got asked about it, and he said this goes out – I don't remember the exact quote, but he said this goes out to Tony – Zach and mm. all those Memphis guys that were with me, like we're all going Dang. to the NBA finals. Like, oh, and that, that was such a great quote because I mean, this just tells like the loyalty that and love that this guy has for just the pure aspect of team basketball. Like, yeah, I love that was my favorite quote that came out of that. Those yeah, that that's game interviews. That's very heartwarming. It makes you, it gives you hope. You know, it's like not every trade that happens has to end in bad blood. <laughs> right. And not every player's, just you know kind of moves on to the next location and plays just to play and earn money like there there's there's some personal characteristics here yeah that are at play as well mm-hmm, definitely and i i gotta give a bad shout out to chris middleton for being <laughs> terrible in this entire series yeah he was so bad this guy made the all-star team he made the all-star team and he played as like the fifth best player on the court at any given moment. Yeah. Like it was it was a travesty to watch. Like this is a guy that's like, oh man, we have Chris Middleton to back us up if like Giannis isn't going. He didn't do anything, man. Like he is not to be heard of. I I can't even remember him doing anything watching any of the games. You know? Yeah. He was just a non factor. Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks are definitely headed towards an off season of questions. I mean you got Malcolm Brogdon, you got Chris Middleton all coming off the books. Um, you got to decide, I mean, what exactly is Chris Middleton worth to you? And as well as Malcolm Brogdon, because this is what you're shooting for now. You're shooting for the Eastern Conference Finals. You're shooting for the second round, potentially the NBA Finals. So if these guys aren't giving you that value there, are they worth bringing back? And it also depends on who is willing to come to, to, to Milwaukee as well. So it's going to be a heated... Uh, for, uh, summer for this team and I mean they're also got to be looking across the pond in New Orleans and what happened <laughs> with Anthony Davis it's like if we can't deliver then that's 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 our future right there yeah except Giannis, Giannis seems a little more loyal than Anthony Davis does which is good yeah 
We'll um, see. I do have one random question for you. I'm curious what your answer will be to this. Who who do you, would you rather have? Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris. Ooh, quick answer. Yeah. Oh, easily. Tobias Harris? Are you kidding me? Again, 6'8", <laughs> can shoot the three, rebound. Chris Run Middleton up. is also 6'8", and can is shoot he? the three. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take. Oh yeah, I guess Chris Middleton is slightly better three point shooter. Is he? I think so. Right? Are they both shooting forty percent, forty ish percentage? Uh, I uh, let me look it up real quick. I I mean I I thought that Tobias Harris was a better three point shooter. Yeah, he and he was thirty or thirty eight percent. Chris Middleton was, and I think Tobias Harris was over forty. Yeah, I think yeah he was like forty something. Uh, but I mean, it's a good question. Both these guys, first time playing in the playoffs, at least this. Well, actually, no. Chris Middleton played in the playoffs. Yeah, it's first Last time in the playoffs. Year. Yeah, first time at that level. Yeah. So hey, I mean, if it comes, if it comes down to both versus, that's not a that's not a bad situation to be in if you're the Milwaukee front office. If these right. two guys want to come to your team, we'll see how it goes. But I think I'd take Tobias over Middleton. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. I have some bias towards Tobias, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how about the Warriors here? How they got here? The yeah. first round. <laughs> I mean, they had themselves quite a a journey here with against the Clippers team. Uh, Patrick Beverly just giving them all the trouble. So Marcus Cousins getting injured. <laughs> that second round series win against the Houston Rockets. I mean, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson got to pat themselves on the back because they just completely destroyed. Not only a team, but it looks like they might have just destroyed a franchise. <laughs> a franchise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blew up a franchise, man. That was cr- Yeah, just hearing that news is crazy. Watching Houston crumble at their feet was just embarrassing. Um, just with like, oh, okay, Katie's injured. DeMarcus Cousins is injured. This is Houston's shot. Like, it could not have worked out more perfectly for them. And they completely squandered it because Steph, Steph Curry is just too amazing. Yeah. What what a blown opportunity there. KD's injured and no chance. And the Blazers somehow got their themselves oh. into the Western Conference Finals. I mean, we kind of thought, like, I thought I would maybe go to five games. I thought the Blazers could steal one at home. Um, but if it was a complete sweep, Miles Leonard found his way back into the lineup and Ennis Cantor just couldn't, couldn't keep his body together anymore. Um, <laughs> but despite his heroics, 30 points, 12 rebounds, 12 for 16 from the field, the Blazers just couldn't take one from the Warriors. The game and- of his freaking life. He had 25 at halftime. <laughs> Myers Leonard had 25 points at halftime and the Blazers were only winning by four at that point. <laughs> It's like if Myers Leonard scoring 25 points in one half is not enough, you're just completely host. Yeah, and I mean, even if the Blazers, I think even if they had Nurkic and Rodney Hood, I don't think they win either. They still don't. Well, they win. had Rodney Hood. He, he was hobbled. Oh, he, he, played, hobbled. he played in that series. Oh. But yeah. the, the thing is, they were they were up by 15 plus points through in the last three games in the second half and they managed to lose to the Warriors every single game. Every yeah. single game. The same exact situation, almost identical every time. And it was never Dame time. Dame time no. never showed up. They needed him in the clutch all three games and he had nothing for them. He used all his cards in that Denver series. And yeah, that, that OKC series, yeah. I mean, they fought hard and 
it looked to me like Dame was just gas. CJ McCollum was still hitting that elbow shot like that he's elbow just, man, yeah, <laughs> like like it's a layup. <laughs> but I they gotta figure some. I mean, they've gotten here now. Now it's how do we get to that next step? Because to me, it looked like again if they're fully healthy, I think they still get beat by the Warriors. Like yeah, Nurkic doesn't make a difference there. No, and um, I mean I think with Nurkic back, Denver becomes easier. Okay, Seeky becomes easier, but Western Conference Finals, like they're still losing to this Warrior team. Um, I don't know if they can figure anything out that would help them other than stealing Clay Thompson or something. But <laughs> yeah, they don't have the money to. They still have Evan Turner to pay. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they maybe they get Chris Paul here. Maybe that no. makes it. I don't. How would you trade Lillard? No, you trade. You trade Evan Turner. You give him Evan Turner, Miles <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Miles Leonard, man, up and coming, dude. Yeah. Thirty and twelve. Thirty and twelve, and he didn't. They didn't beat the Warriors with Miles Leonard going thirty and twelve. Yeah, I don't know, man, but this guy. It kind of sucks to that the Blazers were kind of really exposed here. Oh, that they're good. They're still just not good enough. Even fully healthy, I think they still get beat. Um, yeah, so after after Damian Lillard was able to destroy Russell Westbrook, after he was able to take down, I guess, up-and-coming Jamal Murray, he yeah. really cemented himself as the second-best point guard in the league. But Steph had to come out and remind him that he that's exactly what he is, just yeah. second-best. Man, Steph Curry was just phenomenal. This, this was prime Steph Curry right here. This is what the people pay those thousands of dollars for Warriors playoff tickets to see. This guy was just absolutely unstoppable. 36 and a half points a game, 8.3 rebounds per game for Steph Curry. How, how did he get 8.3 <laughs> rebounds per game? That's insane. And he had a, even had a crazy triple double in that OT end in game four, 37, 11 and 13, man, he, yeah, he was. They were not gonna lose any of those games with the way yeah. he was playing. That's what happens when you got Miles Leonard in charge of getting your boards and um, Maurice Harkless. Like Steph <laughs> Dude, Curry, yeah, just Mo Harkless us. and of Al Aminu did absolutely nothing in this series. They were liabilities. I don't even think they got very many minutes. Like they were, they were favoring playing Evan Turner over those guys. Yeah, which is still like this is just the warrior effect. Like it's like those guys were huge pieces against OKC and the Nuggets, and like and they just get the phased war- out. Yeah, the Warriors just figure out a way to get guys out of the game. And looking forward to against Toronto, I keep thinking that Sergi Ibaka. I'm betting that Sergi Ibaka and Marcus Sawyer are gonna have a a big effect on this series. But yeah, you don't you don't time, think they'll suffer like a lot of other bigs have against the Warriors. I don't think so, but at the same time, I think it's a small percentage that. So I would say there's a 55 percent chance that they that they uh, that they make an impact on this series in the positive way for Toronto. But that being said, that means there's a 45 percent chance that you know they completely get taken out of this, <laughs> this series, right? Yeah, and just just the last note on on the Warriors' road to the finals for yet another year, Draymond Green played stupid good in this series <laughs> like did, yeah did you notice how good he played too in oh, this yeah, series like I definitely did it, like he was all over the place he did everything for this team he did all the dirty work he was the glue that kept them together the leadership that they needed in the right moments of the game especially when they were down by 15 plus like he was never given up on them he was facilitating the offense in a lot of ways 
Two triple doubles in the series, averaged 16.5, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.8 assists, as well as 2.8 blocks a game and 2.3 steals a game. Yeah. Like, that is absurd. He is doing everything. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's this one play that sticks that comes out to my mind is um, it's CJ McCollin driving, Draymond Green meeting him, throws it back out to Dame. Dame tries to set up for a three, and he. Draymond Green runs to him, tries to close out. Dame quickly swings it back inside to Zach Collins, who looks like he's got a wide open layup. <laughs> Boom! Draymond Green just bounces right back and disrupts that shot. And it's um, obviously he misses, and Zach Collins misses. But that's exactly who Draymond Green is. He's just like this defensive juggernaut. And then on the mm-hmm. offensive end, he's just so good on that pick and roll, pick and pop with Curry. Yeah, and phenomenal Thompson. passer. Yeah, and he just knows where to put the ball off when he comes off the high screen and roll, and it's so hard to defend. I mean, Draymond Green makes Kevin Looney look like an elite role player. Oh my right gosh, now. it's so true. It's so true. It's that's why Fe- like guys like Festus Azili get big contracts in other places is because this Warriors system is just designed for bad players to look pretty decent. Yeah, and I mean it's good because I mean Draymond Green is. You know, he can he just makes the great pass and he finds you in the right points. Like it just seems like Looney just keeps getting wide open dunks this entire yeah. series. Yeah, their whole game plan is just hey Looney, just stand under the basket. Eventually we're gonna lob it to you. Just look where the ball's going. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh it's crazy. And um, I mean, with that being said, I mean let's let's go ahead and transition here to our finals preview. I mean, Toronto's keys to winning uh, going off the same thing of of Draymond Green here is but Toronto's got to figure out a, a way to continue <laughs> getting a, getting him at his weakness, which is getting under his skin and putting him in foul trouble. Because right now the Warriors, without DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant, they're a little short on the front on the front court side, and Portland just doesn't didn't quite have the personnel to really uh, punish the Warriors for that weakness. But um, right. but Toronto, the Toronto Raptors definitely do with Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Saul. Like, pound it inside and put Draymond Green in situations where he has to foul or he's got to yell at the refs a couple times. Like, <laughs> you got to somehow influence Draymond Green, get him out of the game because he's going to be – he's just good and he's going to find Kevin Looney. He's going to find Steph Curry and Klay Thompson for good shots. And the lesser time he's on the court, the better for you. And to me, the other big point is they got to protect him home court. They have to win games one and two and take advantage of the mm-hmm. fact that Kevin Durant is not there and DeMarcus Cousins is still not coming back right now. Um, and to that note, the Raptors right now, they're eight and two at home during the playoffs. Yeah, so that's that's the thing, though. I have a point on here is like, if I'm Toronto, I hope DeMarcus Cousins come back because if the if the Warriors are forced to play DeMarcus Cousins 15, 20 minutes, whatever, he's not going to do anything while he's on the floor. He's going to be more of a liability than anything. Coming off a torn quad after not playing for a month and a half and you expect him to come back and play finals caliber intensity basketball, it's not going to happen. Like yeah. You want him to be in the game. So if he, if he comes back, like that's awesome. Make Marcus Gasol, make him hurt, you know? Yeah. Marcus Gasol can just take it to DeMarcus Cousins, and he's going to slow down their game, too, because Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're going to have to wait for him to rumble down the floor <laughs> to get their offense going. Like, it's it's a, honestly a positive if he comes back, if I'm Toronto. Yeah, I made note here that Kevin Durant hasn't played since May 8th, so that means DeMarcus Cousins hasn't played this month at all, right? 
Right. Right, because mm-hmm. he, he Durant got out yep, in the second Yep, that was late round. April. Right, so that is quite a while. And if you're Steve Kerr, man, you got to – I don't know if you roll the dice here or you maybe play them in garbage time if you get the privilege yeah, of, garbage time. of the game somehow falling into garbage time. But I think every game here is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a pendulum swing of blowouts. Um, yeah, and if you think about it, DeMarcus Cousins hasn't even played in an intense playoff game, period. True. The first game against the Clippers, they blew them out. And then mm-hmm. he only played in one quarter in them in game two. So right. he still hasn't really seen what a playoff environment looks like when you're on the court. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. And again, like to me, my X factors continue to be Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. I mean, you could say Freddie mm-hmm. Van Fleet. I don't think Freddie Van Fleet is going to shoot 80% <laughs> from three again. Dude, that, so that, we can't that, count on uh, that. Baby energy, man. That baby energy is flowing strong right now. Yeah, he's got to have another kid quickly, or maybe <laughs> for this final series. I don't know, but like I think Gasol and Ibaka, if they get completely taken out of the series, I don't know if Toronto can win. Um, oh, they definitely if, can't. Yeah, yeah, but like if they can somehow stick themselves in there and really just punish the punish the Warriors defensively and just down low, get some buckets and re and win that rebounding battle by a lot, by a good amount, then I think Toronto has a good chance of winning this, but. I think ultimately it's going to be close. And on the note of Kawhi Leonard, I want to say this. I think he, everybody's talking about Giannis being the prince who was promised to take down the Warriors, but I think it's Kawhi. Um, Yeah. This guy has the history of really being a pass for the Warriors. I mean, he helped the Spurs blow him out that first game in the NBA Western Conference Finals all those years ago. And in their only season matchup this year, Kawhi went off for 37 points on 24 shots Mm. against this team. And one one note that I also made here <laughs> is stop calling him the best two-way player. He is one of the best players. If you're a two-way player, you automatically have to be one of the best players. Come on, <laughs> right? <now. laughs> yeah, just it's such a cop-out, man. Kawhi is a top three player. I totally yeah. agree with you. He might even be the best player in the league right now. Oh, probably, honestly, just yeah. the way he's been playing has just been it's just a thing of beauty, man. Like it just all comes so easy to him. And I totally agree with your point on Gasol and Ibaka, man. If if they can figure out how to stay in the game, you know that Kevon Looney <laughs> is not going to do anything against either of those guys. So you can't expect any alley-oops or some of the bench shenanigans that the Warriors are able to pull off against guys like Zach Collins right? Um, against the Blazers because Gasol and Ibaka are, are multitudes better than anything the Blazers are able to throw at them. Right. So I can see them really taking out a lot of the bench production that the Warriors were able to produce in mm-hmm. the previous series. Yeah, and I think this is what's keeping Nick Nurse up at night right now as we speak, and Steve Kerr as well is playing the chess pieces and seeing who you can really just cancel out in this series. Like, put a, just make them sit on the bench and, like, I'm sure Steve Kerr's trying to figure out a way to do that for for Marcus Saul and Sergi Baca and Nick Nurse got to try to figure out a way to not let that happen to their team. As the Warriors have done yeah. to Clint Capella and uh, several other characters throughout the years. Yeah, I think the toughest thing for them is going to be that Kyle Lowry Steph Curry matchup. Right. I mean, too. Lowry's a good player, and and he's started playing a little better in the last series, but Steph Curry is just playing like the best player in the league right now. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry is just 
gonna have a field day just <laughs> or he's gonna Steph Curry's gonna have a field day against Kyle Lowry just running around and just getting whatever shots he wants I feel like I just don't see that matchup working out very well in the Warriors in the Raptors favor and the Warriors are just gonna be able to exploit that as much as they want yeah I know there was like it seemed like there was a delay there in, in between putting Kawhi on Giannis but at this point I think you gotta go games one and two right away Kawhi on Curry and you can't risk it Kawhi um, on Curry. Yeah. You just got to do it, man. Whew. Right from the start. You That's a little afford- different than Kawhi Giannis. I think I think Kawhi can do it, man. Like, I, I just trust Whew. him more than I can trust Kyle Lowry. You're right. And it's going to be interesting what these matches are going to be. But I want to see Kawhi on Curry right away from the start. Don't That'll let them take one games one and two. <laughs> because on that note, let's go to the Warriors keys to winning here. My big one is do not let this go to a game seven for the Warriors. If they want to win this, <laughs> they have to steal. I'm going to say game two, game one. I think Toronto still wins it, but I think they can steal that game two. If they do, then I think the war, the pressure is back on Toronto. Oh, for sure. Right now, they they don't have home court advantage. And as we know, game sevens haven't gone in favor of the Warriors, but in the <laughs> NBA finals at least. So they cannot let this go to a game seven. Protect Draymond Green from personal fouls. Like you got to keep the best front, the little front court players that you have in this game, and cross your fingers and hope that Kevin Durant comes back soon, especially for uh, Game Three and 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 beyond. Yeah, and if the bench can somehow overcome a guy like Serge Ibaka defending them, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. Looney, Alfonso McKinney, and Quinn Cook, they all overachieved in that Blazers series where. In a average series, they probably wouldn't produce anything. They really helped fuel this team when Curry and Klay Thompson were sitting on the bench. And if they can perform as well as they did against the Blazers, then I don't see any paths the Raptors can take to win this series. Um, they need to hold the production to just the starters. Um, otherwise, it, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So let's go to our picks here, Sean. Um I think it's close. Like, I think it's going to be super close. <laughs> so this this is funny because I am completely contradictory to you. I'm picking the Warriors in five, which I feel like is a very standard pick, but it's the pick I have to go with. It's There's too much championship experience here. I love Kawhi Leonard, man, but this this team is just not ready for the finals. They're just so happy to be there. Right. So you think uh, the Warriors steal one, steal one of the first two games? Um, in Toronto, I think they're well. By yeah. uh, the way, I have it right now. They're gonna have to win two games in Toronto, and I, yeah. I definitely see that being a possibility. I see that being extremely difficult. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be close. Still, I guess I shouldn't say extremely difficult. It's gonna be close, and I'm gonna go here with the you know. And I've thought about this a lot, and I keep Uh-oh. wanting to say. <laughs> Warriors, I keep wanting to say it, but I'm gonna Stop go. It. I'm gonna go Raptors in six, no. man. No way! I say Raptors dude. in six. Are they you win. a madman? No, they win. They go in six. Win both at home. Then they come back both and win. At win home? that. Then they they come back and win that six game in Oracle and put the in Warriors Oracle? Oracle. Yeah, and they win what the NBA championship. Kawhi Leonard hosts hosts it up. Finals MVP and. uh Drake writes a song about this moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I'm going Raptors in six, man. You think they're going to win the first two and then they're going to win in Oracle That's in exactly. game six? No way, dude. That 
Do you know how far fetched that sounds? No, it's they does got that the not first two sound far fetched to you when both games at, at home, home they're gonna against go up the championship against Warriors. The Warriors. Yes, they're gonna go up two zero against the and Warriors. And then beat them on their home floor in an elimination game. Exactly, that's what I'm going with. Okay, they if went you games said one, Raptors two, in three seven. And four, five, if you said no, they they went back to back games, games five and game six against the Warriors to close it out in six. If you said Raptors in seven, I would be like, you know what? You're really going against the grain here, but (laughs) I'll give you it. But six, man? I'm going six. Yes, I'm going six games. That's unbelievable. It's on the dock. It's recorded. It's recorded. It's there. It's out there. I'm standing by it. I've plugged in. It's final (laughs) choice. Am I going to feel good? Raptors in six. We'll see, man. We'll see. I think we're going to get, we have ourselves a hell of a series. I mean, I really hope that it is a hell of a series. I just, I feel like we're just hyping up the Raptors a little too much, you know. Just just because we want to see a good series, it's not going to happen. I mean, like I said, I feel, like I said last time we recorded, it's like, I didn't know who the Bucks really were. And then they came out and they played like the best team in, one of the second best team in the NBA and then Toronto came back and won four games in a row against that team. I was impressed. No, it's I, impressive I impressed. for sure. But <laughs> the Raptors are too happy to just be here. You know? I don't know, man. They're too I, happy to just be here. I don't know about that. I don't that. think that they can get up the same way the Ra- Warriors can. I don't think I, they can. I don't agree with that. When you got, I mean, I'm looking at a guy like Kawhi Leonard. He's been here and done that. He wants it again. And I think Kawhi got- Leonard has, but none of the rest of the guys have. I think Marcus Except Smart- for Patrick McCaw. <laughs> I think you got guys like Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul who have gotten so close a couple times in their careers. And now that they're here, I think they need they want to seal the deal. Hmm. Pascal oh, Siakam, man. I'll give you that. Kyle Lowry, I'll give you that. But I think you got Those are have- important pieces. Uh, when you got, Ka- I mean, there there were some games out there where it looked like the Raptors were ready to take a nap, and then Kawhi Leonard <laughs> ruled this team against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's the thing, though. I this isn't the Milwaukee Bucks. Stuff. Kawhi Leonard is gonna have to will this team past the Warriors. The All right, Warriors. man. You can say what you want. I'm not guy. I'm not backing out now. I said I, it. I, I respect said it. your resolve, man, but I disagree with it full heartedly. <laughs> You know what's the good thing though about this debate is that we will get a right answer in a That's couple true. weeks. That's so. true. No, I'm excited. All starts tomorrow, man. I'm I'm pumped. I'm yeah. I'm stoked to watch this. I am excited as well. So let's close it out here. LeBron's son, 14 year old son, is finally allowed to get his fur <laughs> his Instagram account and automatically goes to one million followers in a matter of days. We're talking about an amateur, <laughs> below amateur basketball. Is there a level Like a below? high school freshman. Yeah. This is crazy, man. Everybody needs to just calm the <laughs> heck down. Like, wow. This is absurd. He has two posts. He actually had three posts, but it was about calling girls derogatory names and marijuana. <laughs> so he took it off. But oh, man, see, see, I read about that, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I don't know why. Well, I was yeah, he deleted it, and it's been deleted from sense. a lot of different sites. But yeah, it, yeah, that kid needs to fix his crap, man. Like, you're on Instagram now. Like, you can't just say crap. Media's yeah. gonna blow up about it. 
This is crazy, man. Crazy world we live in because as a 14-year-old, I said a lot of stupid stuff, did a lot of stupid <laughs> stuff as well. But I did not have a social media You didn't media have Instagram back then, it. yeah. Nor even if I did have Instagram, I wouldn't have gotten it. I don't it was know, just I uh, MySpace. That was yeah, all that was there. Yeah, and I wouldn't have gotten a million followers within a matter of days. <laughs> like, I don't it's know crazy. if this is a great decision, but you know, it is what it is. And I hope this guy uses it responsibly. And for all those that are our age that are following this kid, what are you doing, man? Come on. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, he's 14. What do you do? I got to think that there's not a million 14-year-olds following him. There's going to be some. Oh, no. This has to go across the entire spectrum of NBA fans. Yeah, come on. Let's let let, let this kid um, be a kid. And, you know, if he makes the NBA, then that's great. But, like, let's not forget that, like, it's like a point percentage points of people who actually make the NBA. So it's too late, man. The damage is already done. <laughs> the PSA, the PSA is too late. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I hope the best for this kid, man. But I definitely mm-hmm. won't be following him until he's already a, of an adult age and he's actually a professional athlete. <laughs> you don't even have an Instagram though, so that works in your favor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, this this is my last final thought for this. Uh, podcast is that my man Bobin Marjanovic has a villain role and a one-on-one <laughs> fight scene with Keanu Reeves in the new John Wick movie. Wow. Did you know did you see that? I thought I saw something about it, but I don't remember the details, so yeah, I didn't realize that it was in like does he actually speak? Does he have speaking lines? Yeah, here? he has speaking lines in it and he has a one-on-one fight in a library. Uh, with John Wick. And Is it actually like a fluid fight scene? Because Bowman yeah. seems like the most stiff guy. Well, it's like, I've you know, it's like seen. any other giant, you know, in any other like fighting movie, you know, it's just like, oh, he's a big guy. And like, how's Keanu Reeves going to take him down? Because he's so much bigger than him. Um, yeah. It's that kind of thing. But man, I, I have to see this movie, man. I got to do it for my boy Bowman. <laughs> so I, I've never jumped on the John Wick hype train. Um, but I've heard so many good things about this third movie, nor am I ever, I've never really been a big fan of like, you know, hey, what's up? Ah, now they start fighting. Hey, what's going on? And then they start fighting. <laughs> hey, like, <laughs> just like the two liners, and then all of a sudden there's this crazy fight scene type movie. Like, I've never been super into they, that. They know, they know what the people are there for, man. They, they're, they're not there for the dialogue. They're just there to watch people go at it. <laughs> Right, and I guess there's a, there's definitely an audience for that. I've never seen myself as that type of audience member. But if Bobin is in this, I got to see it. Because that man looks like the type of guy who can't even, I don't touch his toes, man. Like he, He'd be a I, gr- he's, he's like the one of the best like grunt roles you could possibly play, you know? Okay. Like bring in the giant, you know? I could see that, yeah. It's, what is he, 7'6", seven, 7'5"? Seven, 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 I think he's only 7'4", seven, 7'3". But I only, only 7'3", yeah. (laughs) Yeah, his head would touch the ceiling of my small apartment here. (laughs) I'd have Bobin over, though, any day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. The NBA Finals start tomorrow, so we'll keep our eyes on that, and we'll keep uh, discussing that as the NBA Finals continue on and see if our picks are well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yes, have a good week, everyone.